seven choices. And we've been hanging our hat on this verse that says, Today I've given you the choice between life and death and blessing and curses. And this series is built on us coming out of Easter to be able to take one of these seven steps, seven choices we can make to bring us one step closer to where God wants us to be. And today, this one's going to be a tough one. I'm just going to tell you up, up front um, because I think if this is something that gets personal, something I think we have to begin to really take internally and ask ourselves an honest question of, um, am I doing this? Because maybe one of the hardest choices, and I'm giving it to you last, um, can hurt. It, it comes from deep hurt. It comes from wounds. All the way to it can come from silly, petty things that, that we take offense that probably we shouldn't. But it's three of the hardest words to say. And it's not I love you, but it's I forgive you. Sometimes that's really hard for us to to say because there's there's a lot that goes with that and we look at somebody and say I've and you just can't get it out because of maybe the hurt or the pain or what they've caused but the Bible says in Proverbs 14 that laughter can conceal a heavy heart but when laughter ends the pain's still there we as Christians especially in the Christianese of the south have gotten good at faking it right Anybody have the church face, the mask? If you've got kids, you do, and you know it. If you say you don't, you're lying. Because it's, you know, 15, 20 minutes, however long it takes to get to, get to the church property of, shut up, stop that, shut up, stop. I'm going to beat the bub bub, and you're letting the kids have it. And then you're telling your spouse, I told you we should have left early. We're not, we're going to be late now. Somebody's going to sit in our seat. And then as soon as you open the door, praise Jesus. Yes, I love that dress. You look wonderful. Oh, I love that T-shirt. Where'd you get that? Girl, look at that hair, right? Oh, your little Susie, you're just so cute. And two minutes ago, you were chewing nails and, and uh, you know, chewing on barbed wire. Like, arr, arr, you're just letting people have it. So we put on this mask, and, it, it, and we've gotten good at laughing off hurt and coming in, and not we don't want anybody to see that I've been hurt, I've been wounded, I've been, um, I've been messed with. People around you will tell you this, that it's your right not to forgive. You don't have to forgive them. You don't, you don't owe them anything. And I'm, if you've heard me talk about this before, I think we've got forgiveness all wrong. Because the world will tell us, you need to show them how bad they hurt you. You need to, you need to let them know so that they fully understand the damage they've done. Like that's somehow going to prove something to them. The problem is, it's something like this. It's like setting yourself on fire and expecting the other person to die from smoke. We just destroy ourselves thinking, I'm hurting somebody else, and you're going to choke to death, and you're going to die from the smoke inhalation. No, you're not. They're not. Most of the time, they don't even know, know that you're upset, and they really don't care. That it, we're, we're getting it backwards, it's, and it doesn't work. See, the devil's having a field day with us. He gets us to carry stuff around. We lug it with us and, and, and drag it around thinking, oh, this is mine, i got to hold on to it. Because if I let go, then I'm somehow letting that person off the hook. But look what Paul writes. And he's not focused on hurting the one that hurt him. He's not focused on, on payback. But look what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. He says, when you forgive, 
this man, he's, he's talking to people, and he says, I'm going to forgive him too. Because he goes on and says, that's because if we don't, Satan's going to outsmart us. And I think if we're honest, and if you're visiting today, just let me be your pastor, and then you can go back to your home church. But just let me say to all of you, the devil's outsmarting us. And we've bought into this lie that if it's hidden, it'll go away. If nobody knows I'm upset, and I just stuff it down and smile and hold on to the bitterness, hold on to the anger, hold on to, well, they did me wrong, they hurt my feelings. The Bible says here that he goes, he's going to outsmart, outsmart you, but Paul's saying, hey, you, can, you should be familiar with this. But I'm praying today that God's going to give you something. God's going to open some stuff up in our eyes and our hearts and even in our ears to get rid of some of these lies. And it's a lie to say that if it's hidden, it's going to go away. That's the church happy mask. It'll just, if I just smile and wave and make people think I'm the happiest thing ever, then eventually it'll go away. It's kind of somewhat the fake it till you make it method. But the Bible says it just it doesn't work. The devil will keep coming back. He even did it to Jesus. If you remember, when, there's a story in the Bible when Jesus is being tempted by the devil. And in Luke 4 here, the Bible says when, Jesus, when the devil had, had finished tempting Jesus, look what it says at the end. He left him until what? The next opportunity showed up. So we get it pushed down, and we smile, and then we get to work, maybe. Maybe that coworker that just shows up that just annoys you and knows how to push your buttons or something. And then the next thing you know, it kind of, you explode. Well, that's why, because the devil's waiting for the opportune time to push the button. And we begin to, to wonder why it comes back around. It's a lie. If you hide it, it's just going to keep coming back until it's dealt with. That's why we say, on our, you see out in the foyer, or on the sign that we want you to know God. And then the second thing we say is we want you to find freedom. Because you can find freedom from that mess. You can find freedom from having to feel hurt every time you see that person. You can feel freedom to maybe build new relationships, which you wouldn't because I can't let somebody hurt me again. And so we, stay, we keep it bottled up, so it's a lie. We also bought into this lie that forgiveness requires two people. Forgiveness doesn't require two people. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way according to the Bible because it's the idea that I'm going to forgive Jimmy here because he just said something really dirty and he was, he was on Facebook saying nasty stuff about me last night. And I'm mad at him. and He's hurt me. But if I forgive him, then what the world says, well, you're letting him off the hook. Or he has to receive it. To, make, for, to me, to, have un, to get rid of my unforgiveness, he has to receive it. And it's just not true. Because forgiveness, in fact, is a one-player game. It's certainly, and don't get me wrong, God can certainly bring healing. And you look at somebody, listen, I'm upset with you, I'm mad at you, but I just want you to know I forgive you. God can use those moments and he brings healing and restores a relationship. But your getting rid of unforgiveness or forgiving does not hinge on the other person even knowing that you've forgiven them. It's about how you walk that out. If it falls flat and they look at you and go, well, I didn't do anything anyway, I really don't care, that's not on you. That's on them. You remember what the Lord's Prayer says? The prayer we say all the time. We all, even people who aren't Christians, repeat it. 
This is part of it in Matthew 6. It says, and forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who did what? Sinned against us. Does it say anywhere in that they have to say, okay, I get that. Or approve or say I receive it or anything. No. It just says you were forgiven, so you need to, you need to show forgiven. The next lie is that I can't forgive them because that means I'm going to let them hurt me again. That it's this idea that we've bought the lie that forgiveness means reconciliation. Now hear me on this because if you're not paying attention, I don't want, I don't want to get text messages and, and Facebook messages that I was saying something I'm not. Forgiveness is not void of wisdom. You hear me? If somebody's in a relationship where they're being hurt, it's abusive, we are not saying you need to go back to that. What I am saying is you're getting rid of unforgiveness is not based on this. It does not mean that you've dismissed, discounted, or just tried to push aside somebody hurting you. But I am saying that even the deepest of hurts, and I know some, I know some of you, I know you've been through things that I can't even wrap my brain around. But the fact remains that the Bible says the way you find freedom is you can look at that person, whether it be in a mirror or whether you and say, you're not going to hold this over me anymore. I forgive you. People were trying to teach you to take one step and then move forward. And a lot of the reasons we can't is because we're carrying this around and we're afraid to say I forgive you because it somehow means that I'm going to reconcile this relationship. It's going to put me right back in it. But it's letting go of unforgiveness. It's not about going back for more. It's all about forgiving that person the way you were forgiven. The next lie the devil tells us, that it's, it's my deal, it's my unforgiveness, and that it only affects me. It's just not true. It affects your whole, whole family. It affects people that you might not even realize that are close to you. It, it affects your workplace. It affects how you treat people, how you expect to be treated, the people you let in close, the people you push away. It is a one-player game, but the effects of carrying unforgiveness spread far and wide. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews. It says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up in to trouble you, but who does it corrupt? Everybody around you. These tend to be those people sometimes that, that come into a room and this, them entering the room is the equivalent of lobbing a grenade into the room, right? The grenade goes in the room and that grenade doesn't care who is close or who's nearby, but when it goes, it just hurts everybody. And a lot of times people who are just stuffing unforgiveness, they're just taking it from day to day, when it erupts, it hurts people, it hurts family, it hurts kids. If you think you have small kids and they don't know that you're not, you think they don't know of what we're carrying, you're underselling, you're selling your kids short because they very much do know. And they'll begin to, the Bible says you can even take up somebody else's offense. If you remember maybe when you were on the, in, in an elementary school, at least boys, we did this, and you're, you're young and on the playground. Somebody messes with your buddy, right? 
What do the other guys do? Your friends. What do you do? Right? Well, he's, he's my friend. You ain't going to mess, you know, and what, you hurt him, you hurt me. But yet as adults, we still do this. We got people who will pick up your offense and run with it, and they're just as hurt as if it happened to them. And it begins, that root begins to corrupt many. And it destroys relationships. It hurts people's, um, I think, even think relationship with God. People who are hurt won't let God in close because if they hurt me, then he'll hurt me. If this person did me wrong, I can't let God close because they did me wrong. I can't forgive them. So I want you to, I want to help you this morning. I want to help us take one step. And maybe take a little bit of, of a look inside and just ask you not to sh- tell everybody else or in your row, not even tell anybody beside you, but just be willing to walk out a couple things I want to give you. Because you need to know that forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice you make. It's a choice God made to forgive us. The Bible's very clear. He forgave us before we ever even knew he existed. But the Bible tells us here in James chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. Look at the rest of this verse here. It says, It's full of mercy, and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism. This is God. I don't, he doesn't have favorites. And is always sincere. And look at this verse in verse 18. And those who are peacemakers, and I highlighted it for you behind me, are peacemakers. And it says this, says this. I want you to say it with me. Will what? Say it again. Will what? Plant seeds. Now, this is not a trick question. This should be a fairly straightforward question. Does a farmer who planted seeds in, say, February... To grow corn, they had to do what? Make a decision that today I'm going to go plant seeds. This is the same thing as what he's saying. Forgiveness is, in fact, a choice. You have to choose to forgive. You have to choose. It doesn't mean we have to like it. It doesn't mean we really have to fully understand it. The Bible just says, as you've been forgiven, you need to forgive others. And I do realize this is hard to swallow. I was talking with some people last night. We were talking about hurts and um, just my own hurts. And we got, a, I got kind of bringing back some things I'd been through in my past and some hurt. And I'm like, yeah. Even all these years later, I had to go, you know what? I still, I still am going to choose to forgive. Thinking about it again just gets you fired up. But I got to choose to forgive. Because here's what's true. Choices lead, feelings follow. If you don't know this, especially for for young people, your feelings will lie to you, right? Think about high school. You walk into high school freshman year. You see this girl come walking down the hallway, hair flowing in the breeze. It's that moment you just, Your feelings are telling you that she's the one I'm going to be with for the rest of my life, and you're 14, 15 years old. All the adults are like, yeah, right. (laughs) That's going to end badly. But a lot of us live our lives this way even as adults. We let our feelings lead us around. If we don't like something, we leave. If we 
don't, if it doesn't suit me, then we let what I feel change. That's why people hop churches. I didn't really like the way he did that graves and garden. That was too, that was just too loud. I didn't like it, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go somewhere else, and then they're going to sing that song that's too soft. I don't like songs too soft. Because you're, if you're being led by your feelings, it's going to be a very rough road. And you can make a choice. It's a choice. For, forgiveness is a choice. Farmers choose what to plant. And forgiveness always starts with a choice because choices lead, feelings follow. So let me give you, I'm going to give you three things real quick before we get out of here. Three things that if the devil keeps us living by our feelings and your emotions, again, it's going to be a rough ride. They will lie to you. So here's how we can walk this out. Three easy things. This is simple takeaway this week. You can start now. Start now doing this. The first thing is this. You can't receive what you have. You can't give what you haven't received. So you need to receive forgiveness first. Well, Clint, that's, that's pretty easy to do. You would be surprised. You would be surprised how many people tell me, I just can't get over the fact of what I've done, and I can't really believe that God would still love me because he knows what I did. He knows what I've said. He knows what I've done. He knows who I've been with. He knows what I've stolen. He knows all this terrible stuff that I've done. And if you struggle with this, that what we say first is know God, you need to not only know that you can know God, but that he's not holding over your head your past. Your past does not have to dictate your future. Yesterday's decision does not mean it's an eternal one that has to go with you all the way to the grave. The Bible says, and I, this is in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, through the prophet Isaiah, God, he's saying, come now, let's settle this. And he's talking, he's using terminology that's going to tie us to Jesus in the New Testament, Jesus, the blood of Jesus that paid for our sins. But he tells him, point, don't wait, come now. Don't, don't put this off to tomorrow. Come now. That though, a loose translation of this, though your sins are like scarlet, they'll make them white as snow. Though they're red as crimson, they'll be white as wool. In other words, the Bible says he's going to pay for those sins. He's going to cleanse that. And he says, and it's free. It's free for us to receive, but a lot of us struggle with receiving that because I can't get over the idea that somebody could could that a God could love me so much that he would not only send his son for me, but the Bible says in the New Testament that he, he removes your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. It doesn't mean that your sin never happened, but the Bible says that, Jesus, that he looks through us through the lens of the blood of Jesus. He doesn't see messed up Clint. He sees Clint that gets a lot of grace and mercy and, love of, and the love of God because he sees me through the lens of Jesus. That, I, that even even with me, I, I, I don't get it right all the time. I mess it up. But you don't you can't offer somebody what, what you haven't given. And the second thing is this. Receive it first and then give freely. Receive it first and then give freely. It takes a bit. It takes a uh, a conscious choice to give free for, freely forgiveness to some people you would just rather okay let's I can feel y'all getting tense so let's just take a breath right now let's be honest we're all human 
Don't mind Josh. He's doing his thing. Y'all look at me. But let's be honest. How many of you know somebody right now, when I say this, don't say their name? But if you're honest right now, and I said one person right now that when their name comes to your mind, you would just as soon punch them in the nose as look at them. Oh, come on. Now, I want you to take that same person and picture yourself saying, I would rather punch you in the nose. But if you knew the God that I serve that forgave me for the what I've done, <laughs> then as much as I want to punch you in the nose, and you're not going to be my best buddy, we're not going to have coffee, but I need you to know that I forgive you because my God tells me to because he forgave me. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, we clap, but at the same time, it's like, nah, I'd rather punch him in the nose. It's worth a few nights in jail. Just ushers, you guys can do your thing. But do you get the depth of that? That you have to receive it? You have to give it freely. Bible tells us in Matthew 10, hey, you need to give it as freely as you've received it. There's another place, and this is not in your notes, in the, in the New Testament where God says, hey, um, you want me to forgive you? You need to lay down your stuff and go make it right with that brother and give them forgiveness. That's pretty steep stuff. Because what we say is this, well, I can't give it freely. Why? Because we'll say this. Anybody ever said this? That's not you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what that, that person, that man, that woman, they physically abused me. They did this, they did that. It's not fair. I cannot give them. Let me tell you something I tell my girls. I don't think any of them are in here this morning. Maybe my 14-year-old will say, it's not fair. And I'll tell them, you don't want to play fair. We don't want to look to God and say, that's not fair. It's not fair that his son came to die for us before we ever even knew he was going to do it. It's not fair what Jesus, we don't want to play the fair game with God, right? It's not fair. It's not fair they have to forgive that person. No. You were forgiven and you know what you did. You know what you've done. The things you've said. You know the gravity of God turning lives around that we give it freely to that person. It goes against everything the world believes. We don't do it. We don't play that it's not fair. Then there's this. And the third one. And then we're going to worship one more song. I know we're ending early. I'm leaving room at the end. But here's the hard part. You receive it first. You give it freely. And here's the hard part. You go first. I hear all the time. Uh, yeah, I can, I'll forgive them, but when they forgive me, when, when, when they make a move to me, when they come and admit that they're wrong, when they admit and say they're sorry for hurting me, then I'll give them forgiveness. That's not how it works. Your, your forgiveness, you need to receive it. You need to give it freely. You don't just, eh, I'm going to forgive you for today, and then tomorrow I'm going to pick it back up. And then thirdly, you go first. Why? 
Why first? Here's why. But Jesus never asked anything of you when you first met him. And if anybody tells you a gospel, anybody tells you about a meeting Jesus that requires something of you other than saying, God, I repent, I freely receive what you did for me through your son Jesus, that's not the gospel. You can do nothing to earn it. And Jesus said, take all your mess, believe that I showed up for you, pick up your mess, pick up your relationships, pick up the addictions, pick up the hurt, the pain, and bring it all with you. And the Bible talks about laying it down on an altar. In the Old Testament, an altar was a place that, it, that they would have to make sacrifice to pay for the sins of the people every year until Jesus showed up and made it permanent. And there may be some of you this morning. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not even going to force you to the front. or anything, But there may be some of us that you need to make a decision. I need to forgive and then say their name. And then say, God, you forgave me. Because your word tells me to, I'm going to forgive. Romans 5, 8 says this, that God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still screwing up. You can't ask of somebody else what our Savior didn't even ask of you. That that person, I'm going to punch you in the nose. Jesus didn't ask you to fix anything. He said, come on. You, your nasty, your stink, all everything you got that's wrong, bring it with you. So if you will, real quick, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes. The starting place for somebody is, I just need to know Jesus. The Bible tells us that you confess it with your mouth, you believe it in your heart, that Jesus came, died for you, was raised for you, that paid for your sins, paid the bill you couldn't pay. Then salvation is yours. If that's you this morning, right where you sit, you can simply say, God, I receive your son Jesus this morning. I confess that I messed up, and I'm going to do my best to follow you as my Lord and Savior. Right there where you are. If you did that this morning, you can shoot us a message online. You can fill out the card on front of it. Just let us know. We want to encourage you. But for the rest of us in the room and watching online, we're going to end a little different this morning than we normally do. We're going to sing one more song. But I want to make this open to you. There might be some of you who, who, if you're like me, a physical act of walking and doing something helps me walk out what I'm saying. And if you need to get up out of your seat and walk to the front, on, you can come to the either side and just go and, and maybe kneel for a second and say, God, I give this to you and I forgive. And you and God have a moment then you do that. You take that time to, during this last song, to do that. But maybe you sit right there. Even if you're sitting right there, you say, God, that's me, and I need to forgive. So if you would, if you'll go ahead and stand with me, God. Stand with me. God, we worship you this morning. During this last song, we're early, so you don't have to rush out. Nobody leave. I want you to just take a few minutes. We're about five, six minutes early. I want, to, I want you to take this time to settle. We're going to sing this song in just a second. It says, um, oh, come to the altar. God, I'm going to lay this down and lay it on the altar. And here's what you need to understand. Things that were laid on the altar never left 
the altar. Things that were laid on the altar, they were laid there, God dealt with them. If it was a sacrifice, he burned it up. If it was oil, he dried it up. Some of you need to just right where you are today, then we're going to go enjoy the rest of our Memorial Day weekend. Just need to go, God, I'm laying this down. And if, if you need to this morning come, you come. As always, to my right, your left, we have a prayer team over here. If you just want somebody to grab your hands and say, I need somebody to, to believe with me, to help you through it, you tell them as much or as little as you want. But I want you to know that this morning, the altar's open. After we're done singing, we'll dismiss like normal and we'll bless you and we'll go have a good time. Amen. God, I thank you now that as this song, as we play this song, as we sing it together, God, that those who need to lay that down, even if the other person's not here, even if they can't even see the other person or the people that hurt them, God, that by your love, your peace, your grace, your mercy, God, forgiveness would rise and bring freedom so that we can go do everything you've asked us to do. And God, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name.